sometimes when I'm editing, I like to think about like uh if there was a visual component to the show, what I would do, you know, like sometimes we'll talk okay. about something. And it's like, it would be fun to have the picture up and available. Yeah. If we had a visual version of the show, I would love the opening to be like the Brady Bunch opening, but it's just the two squares with me and you. And we just kind of like, we look at each other and we kind of like awkwardly avoid eye contact because there's nothing else to look at. And we can, we kind of look at each other, but like, you're not looking at me right now. So now it's weird. So I look away, but then you're like, or, or you're looking at me. Okay. No. What's great about that is that we, we opened the episode that got scrapped last week with Brady Bunch talk. And so we're two in a row on Brady Bunch. And that's, uh, that's special. I, li- I like that a lot. That is special. That's uh, opinions are cheap with the Cameron and the Chad. Hey, that's us. We did it. We're here. I'm using the right microphone this time, so this episode will get printed and put up for everybody, which is great. Um, pregnant pause. I, I I had a good, I had a decent week uh, on Wednesday. I was telling you a little bit about this off the show, but went to a a, a a kind of a trade show thing for custodial supplies. I wasn't signed up or nothing. It was just sort of like, hey, we're going. Do you want to go? And I was like, well, my boss isn't around. Hell yeah, let's do this. Uh, so we go there, and it was it's in a hotel. They they got nice coffee. First thing I do, get some coffee. Uh, and we're going around and, and you know seeing seeing the equipment they got for cleaning. Um, we we decide to sit in on a uh, a demo of a a new scrubbing unit that like works by itself. It's got like sensors and 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 lights and stuff on it, and you you tell it what to do, and it you know it'll clean a warehouse for you, and you don't have to touch it. It'll run for like four hours straight on a battery life. And um, it made me think of Chopping Mall. And I was like kind of kind of giggling like the whole time. And eventually I turned to Heather because she's like, you know, we, we could get one of these, right? Or at least think about it because it's really hard to get the custodial staff. There's some rarities or this would be really, really nice to have, you know, have. And I was like, yeah, but what if we get struck by lightning and then it starts killing people? Like in Chopping Mall, that 1980s movie. And, and um, she's just like, did, did it clean up the bodies? And I was like, no, it made a mess. And she's like, well, that's a movie. It's not real. So, you know, we should think about this. And uh, I, I just want to say, like, I- I've gotten mileage out of the Chopping Mall movie, Cameron. I'm really glad we watched that in hindsight. Because every once in a while, I get to make a Chopping Mall reference that no one but me appreciates. But I do. It's for me. I think there's a very unique charm to bad movies. And it's interesting because it's not just the experience of watching it. Like, the the joy that you pull from it is an intellectual joy that you carry with you. Yeah. I can't wait for something to remind me of, like, the B-movie or Turkish Star Wars. Because I know it'll happen. Or if we end up watching more bad movies together. Because every once in a while, it's a fun watch-along, right? Like, they, they, they do stick with you in really interesting ways that... Even, like, really good movies don't always stick with you. Um, people were arguing about, oh. like, which Matrix was the best um, on a reset era the other day. And I'm like, oh, 3 is actually really good. I can't believe so many people are disparaging 3. I can't fucking remember, like, 90% of the Matrix 3. Like, the Battle of Zion. Hell yeah, awesome. Very cool. Um, Neo and Trinity flying around into the, 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 the bad guys to, to, to parlay with them, and, and Neo loses his eyesight. And uh, there's, like, symbolism. Pretty cool. The things that happen in between that, because that's like a two-hour movie, at least. Probably two and a half. 
I, I don't remember like two hours of that movie, but I'm like, it's really good though. Probably I, 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 I enjoyed it. I, yay. But like, I don't remember that much about Chopping Mall either, but I, there's not, you don't need to remember much. You just remember the vibes and you're good because it's a bad movie and no one wants details. They just want to know about the robots that kill the people. Man, I was hanging out on VR chat last night and somebody brought up a movie and they said, oh, I think we had a movie party where we watched that. And I said, man, we haven't done one of these in a while. I think the last one that I saw was Sharks of the Corn. And no one else at that group was there that night except for one guy. And he had he has like his full body tracking on. And he had this like visceral reaction where like he he like leaned back and groaned like, oh, and grabbed his head. And everybody turned to him and he's like, I forgot about that movie. And everybody's like, what? And he just could not like contain it. And he had to share everything he remembered about this terrible movie. And I'm watching him exposit Sharks of the Corn to all these confused people that can't tell if this is a joke or not. And it's like, I can't. Uh, I can't compare this experience to anything else because there's just, there's a joy in how stupid it was, but it's like so much more interesting. Like if, if someone walks up to you and they're like, dude, do you want to hear the plot of Dune? And you're kind of like, no, like I, I've heard it's good. But if someone walks up to you and is like, dude, did you see um a, a dinosaur hotel three? And you're like, what? Because you, you can't guess what that's going to be. Right, right, right. You're like, there's a dinosaur hotel one and two. What the fuck? What happens in three? And you know, it's going to be some really off the rails shit. I did lie. I don't think there is a three. I think it's just one and two. Oh uh, well, I didn't know there was a one or two. So, um, I think they're both on Amazon Prime. You can you can watch them if you want. Oh, you know what? There you you can find the whole dinosaur hotel on YouTube. Yeah, dinosaur hotel two was 2023. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's about dinosaurs going to a hotel, right? I don't know. I haven't watched either of these yet. They're on my to-do I have to, list. I have to fucking after Google I heard this the title. Now. I sent you the movie. <laughs> oh, there's a Rotten Tomatoes for Dinosaur Hotel. Let me see. I don't know. The internet seems like slow to me lately. Um. Okay, so... Sienna must survive being chased by a horde of dinosaurs to win a lucrative cash prize in a strange underground game show that caters to the entertainment needs of the wealthy. So someone's locked in a hotel with dinosaurs, and it's for sport. I I never would have guessed that. That honestly sounds kind of awesome. There's a screenshot of a raptor here, and it looks like it was like a Jurassic Park raptor from a video game that was like just ripped. I, I want to know how these movies are made. I want to know who writes them. Yeah, that uh, that doesn't look like it belongs in that shot. I appreciate the effort, but it looks like a bad Photoshop. I am going to watch one of these this weekend. I, I'll probably I should watch the first one first. So I'm going to actually watch that. And I will okay. uh, update you next week. Hell yeah. I This kind of stuff, I'm just like, I would love to write a movie called Dinosaur Hotel. And then I think I would put more effort into it than the movie did. And then I would feel bad because like, I, I tried to tell a story with like actual plot and themes instead of just 
a shitty movie with a you know ten thousand dollar budget and we spent it all on this uh velociraptor rip from jurassic park 4 on the playstation 3 man did you ever watch tremors oh yeah it's been a goddamn long time but i've definitely seen the first three tremors movies tremors is a very good movie it's basically a b movie but it's like that first one is filmed so well like i can't call it a b movie even though structurally it kind of is we're just like, what if you were in the desert and there was sandworm monsters? Ah, but it's just done so well. Uh, I like Tremors 2 a lot as well. Uh, Tremors 3, I can give or take, or leave or take, but 4 was good. Yeah. Have we had this conversation before? No, I don't know. If, well, maybe. I mean, we've been doing this a while, but... Three was the one where there was the little two two legged fucking weirdos, right? That started showing up and they were walking around, and it was kind of just yes. like at that point it was just a monster movie, like a normal monster movie. But then I want to say each movie takes place in just like a redneck enough area where someone's got a shitload of guns, and so then it's like at, there there comes a point where it's like we get to fuck up the monsters, and it kind of goes from horror movie to action movie, and it's awesome. Yeah. And it and it's handled elegantly. It's not like it, it's not like it rips the rug out from under you. It's more like the first half is a mystery because it's like what what in the world is happening because things don't add up. And even yeah. the poster for that movie, it does not show what the monsters look like. It, it's like intentionally uh, you're unaware. But what's interesting is like as you put together the clues and as they kind of figure out what it is you understand what the threat actually is and what the rules are. So then the rules are established and it becomes a different kind of horror movie where it's not just a mystery. It's like a puzzle to solve. Like, Oh, we have to stay on solid surfaces. Oh, we have to stay on the roof. Uh, But, and then, but if we mess up, then we could all die. Um, And then it evolves from there into an action movie where they understand enough of the rules and it pays off. And it's just, it's, it's much smarter than like attack of the giant ants or something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, like the monster Tremors design 2, is cool. It's kind of, yeah. Oh, it is. I, all the all the special effects are cool. Um, I like uh, one of the early deaths you get is like a weird case where they just find this guy, and he was on top of like a power pole, or the phone line pole or whatever, you know. And it's like he was just staying up there, and he stayed up there until he died. And it's like they're trying to figure out like why would he do that? Like he could have yeah. climbed down. What happened? And then later, one of the other deaths is, like, they, they're looking for this couple, and they find their car, like, their truck was, like, pulled underground. Because they're, like, they're brushing back the, the dirt, and then you see the headlights shining up from under the ground. And it's super creepy, because it's like, what is going on? And it just, it's it's handled really well. Yeah. Uh, Tremors 2 is kind of like, you know, you, you get it, and then it's like, oh, there's a twist where now the rules are different. They're like, okay, whatever. And Tremors 3 is like, okay, but there's another twist and whatever. Tremors 4, it's a prequel, and it goes back to cowboy days. And they're all cowboys. Oh, no shit. And that was actually really fun. I'm uh, gonna, Tremors 5, I, I Bloodlines, like you can skip. Apparently Tremors there's a 6, six, A Cold Day in Hell, that was the snow one. Tremors 7, Shrieker Island, you can skip. Those are all directed by Don Michael Paul who I guess should not film movies anymore. Please stop. 
I do kind of like the idea of, of using tremors in the same way as Predator, where it's like, just put them in things they don't belong. And, and you know, mm-hmm. like tremors, but it's on a train and like they're, they're like busting up through the train and eating people or tremors, but it's a samurai movie or tremors, but it's in, I don't know, uh, Victoria, England and King Arthur's doing his shit, which was definitely way before Victorian times. That was a wrong history. But, you know, like they're a fun enough monster um, that it's like Jaws, but on land, right? Like they're 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 kind of like the shark. And you don't know what's going to happen, and they can just bust up and, and, and start eating people. It's very scary. And yeah, yeah, just just do weird shit with them. Or like Tremors on the Moon. Do a sci-fi Tremors, and, and the moon is filled with these fucking space snakes. Like, that could be fun. I would watch that. I mean, I wouldn't, but I would enjoy if someone else watched it and told me about it. Did you ever see Leprechaun in space? No. That was a good one. Uh, that was silly, and it did not make sense. And it's fun. And one of the parts that I kind of thought was funny and clever was uh, like, have you ever seen any of the Leprechaun movies? I have not. So usually it involves like he wants his gold back. Like that's the plot of the first one was he wants his gold back and he's going to kill anyone he, he has to to get it. And the setup is that like he's a Leprechaun, like it follows Leprechaun rules. Uh, but the sequels, I think they tended to deal with, like, he wants a bride. And a bride's basically going to be, like, a slave that he tortures. And so it's about him trying to abduct someone. And it's like, like oh, we have to save Sharon or whatever. And it's that kind of a thing. With Leprechaun in space, uh, he's, like, he's from Planet Leprechaun. And it's, like, the planet's made of gold. And I don't remember how he gets off the planet, but he ends up on his spaceship. And, uh, there's like a lady that he's like, oh, you should be my bride and I'll take you back to my golden planet. And she's so like superficial and like shallow that she's like, that sounds awesome. I'd love to be your bride. And she's just on board with it. But it's like the other guys on the station don't know that. So they keep trying to save her when she doesn't even want to be saved anyways. And it's just kind of funny. Because she's like, like, yeah, I'll go live with a leprechaun on a gold planet. It's stupid. It gets really, it gets really dumb. It has some of the like worst to deaths in the series. Like they don't, they're not that entertaining, but they're so bad that they become entertaining. It's like I think if uh if Jason X was never made, this never would have been made. <laughs> like it's not like they had a a huge a lot of uh creativity, but then they kind of worked with what they were doing. So it's like whatever. I'm kind of surprised. This reminded me for whatever reason of like Gremlins and Gremlins Two. I don't think we ever got a Gremlins 3. Boy. I So, yeah. Oh, we did There's get a Gremlins 3. There's been talk 3. recently. Well, yeah. 1984? What? When did this come out? No, a sequel to Gremlins from 1984. Oh, okay, okay. So, the, the thing with Gremlins 3 is... It seems kind of confusing because it's like, wait, are they actually doing this? Because it's like, yeah, so I'm looking up here. It has a scheduled release for December 2023. Oh, okay. Um, But they also, I don't believe they've started filming. Oh. Like, it's one of these projects where I think they had an idea, but it was like semi, like a Nostalgia Bay 80s movie, and then a semi a reboot, and then semi- some of the people involved don't want to be involved anymore. I could see 
I think that uh, if, if a Gremlins movie came like out and show? did well, um, I don't know. It just like the it feels like there's a lot of um like physical marketing you could do with this as far as like toys and uh, things like that stuffed animals because like Gizmo is really cute. The monsters themselves are are kind of uh they're kind of funny looking, and so it's like I could just see like tons of like plushies being made for for gremlins. Um, I do think they do merch though. Like I feel like I see gremlin stuff around. I mean, I could probably go on Etsy and find so something, they, right? Like, well, no, I mean like at Hot Topic at a oh you know pop culture stores. GameStop, I think, has Gremlin stuff. What happens if I go... Yeah, so <laughs> I go to GameStop, I type in Gremlins, and I get results like right away of a a Gizmo action figure. Oh, wow. That's an ugly-ass action figure. They got stuff at Target. That's what I'm thinking of is Target. Oh, I wonder if there's, like, Nick up. Frickin', um... Gremlins figures. It would not surprise me at all. Oh yeah, do no. Uh, Neca Neca's been doing like a series of pretty much all the Gremlins. I think uh, Richard has like almost all the ones that have come out so far, like except for one that was like some sort of weird limited run that was like more expensive than it should have been. Gremlins, but yeah, there was a Gremlins Gremlin. animated series. I did not know that. What a weird because like. The first movie is, like, pretty unsettling and has some gross stuff. I mean, they kill one of the monsters by throwing it in a microwave, right? And then the second one is definitely, like, a dipshit stupid comedy, but it's fun. And so I, But it's still pretty violent. And so it's like, I don't know who Gremlins is for, but I enjoyed it when I was in high school. And so maybe, maybe it's for high schoolers. But then our high schooler is going to go watch a cartoon. There's the gamer Gremlin. That's the worst one. He comes with uh, Gremlins, the Atari game, and a little uh, arcade machine to play, and a soda and some popcorn. He goes. He posts on Game Facts, and he writes wrong facts. He's like, "You gotta go this way," and it's it's not true. You remember I would Game love Facts like a when you super... like, were stuck and oh, you yeah. had to go look up a tutorial? That was kind of fun. I miss that shit. Um. Yeah. You, you know, that's how Colin Moriarty got his job at IGN. I think that's how a handful of people got their jobs at IGN. They were doing, or like, because I know IGN had a wiki staff at a certain point, and so it was like Game Facts, but official, and you got yeah. paid to do it. Yeah, that was basically what his uh, his first job was, was they were recruiting off of Game Facts. Um, in fact, he has a funny story. When he got the job and moved out to LA, uh, he he moved in, he had like a roommate, and he's he's walking into the apartment for the first time. And his roommate that lives there already is on the computer because he was playing Ocarina of Time. And he was, like, on the computer on GameFAQs. And so Colin walks in, and he's like, oh, dude, that's my fact I wrote. <laughs> like, I'm the guy that wrote that. Small it's like, world. what? And they scroll up, and it's his name at the top. And it's just kind of like, you know, yeah, that's, that's how I got my job here. Like, it's just a weird... It, you, you look at that website, and it just seems so, like, cheap and basic. But also... It has, like, actual information. <laughs> like, that's it, what the internet used to be, was, like, uh, repositories for information. Yeah. The funny thing about game... Like, if I like waxing poetic about game facts is that if I, if I found a game and was playing it and I got to a point where I needed a guide to finish it, I would probably just not finish it. I don't have time for that shit anymore. 
But now you just go on YouTube and you find, you know, answers to puzzles or whatever, if it really comes down to it. I just wonder, like, all the people in, like, grade school and high school that enjoyed writing because they were writing for game facts and things like that. You know, there are weird long posts on forums that don't fucking exist anymore. And it was, uh, I mean, the Internet's always been a great way for, like, creativity and, and, like, to get people to just try and do stuff. But because it's so, like, homogenized now and, and like, the, there's less these weird fringe websites where you're not going to like find someone write this like big expose on like animal crossing on animal crossing, the hotel.com or whatever. But I remember going to sites like that to like trade items on the DS, you know? And it just seems like a lot of that stuff doesn't exist anymore. And it makes me a little sad, but also I wouldn't be on any of those sites anymore anyways, just cause like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a part of that scene anymore. Uh, I was reading the Warhammer 40k wiki because I was looking for a reference material for the, the squats, right? Okay. I, I noticed how long some of these articles were. And I was wondering, like, I don't think they have a guide for what an article on this site should be. Because I think it's a little, like, overly verbose and has, like, too much information on it. Uh, like some pages okay and it's one of these things where I, I i find it very interesting how it's easy to get your voice out there but there's so many voices that it's like you can't hear anyone because there's so much talking i'm not sure i have a point with that i'm just sort of like reflecting on that that moment from the no, other day I, I remember when um i first joined like the comedy button facebook group and this would have been back in like I don't know, let's say 2013, but it could have been plus or minus a year. And, like, there's a certain time when, like, groups are the perfect size, where they're kind of big and active, but they're still small, and you kind of, like, you learn everybody's name. And so people would post stuff they were working on and jokes and whatnot, and we had, like, Submission Sunday, so every time Sunday rolled around, you could post, like, you know, if you're writing something or you're a photographer or painter. And it was just enough people where you could like scroll through and see almost everything posted and make a quick comment, whether you liked it or not. But hey, this is cool. And it was so nice because you had like a tiny audience of people that kind of felt like your friends. And then obviously it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it just became like any other giant Facebook group where uh, unless you were really popular and like in the click, no one cared. And it just it just got too big. Like and that happens all the time, right? Like. I've been in discords where they, you know, they start small and it's awesome and then things get better and bigger and bigger and you're like, well, this is cool because the discord's for a thing and that means the thing is getting bigger and ultimately that's a, it's good to an extent, but then it gets too big and all the, and then the regulars leave and it's just all the new people and you find annoying and it's a void of, of horseshit again. So then you leave and repeat the process. I don't know if um, there's a, a, a fix to that, and I don't know if there ever was. Like, I, I think that must have happened on all the sites I was a part of when I was younger, too. Like, You just don't really remember it, or you weren't around long enough for the cycle to fully like rotate. Because I would join forums for like a month and then leave. You know, you'd, or sometimes you'd join just to troll for a while and get banned, because you, know, you were 17 or 16, bored. Yeah, you know, it's a funny thing, too, with, um, like, we're talking about, like, with GameFAQs, so it just works different. I I was on the No Man's Sky subreddit, 
And the way the subreddit is, is they, they actually have a lot of good organization per post, but there's no like quality per post. So it's like, as long as you tag it correctly, they don't care. But it's just filled with people saying like, guys, I found a blue planet. Is that rare? And they have a screenshot of like a generic planet they found. And there's just like, there'll be a dozen of them. And then you'll see like someone's amazing uh, base that they build and they spent a lot of, you know, time on and it's worth sharing. And so it's just like, it, it trains you to get used to like, well, there's just going to be a lot of pointlessness and I have to keep scrolling until I see the good stuff. And it's just sort of like, I, I miss, um, I miss smaller forums where you could get excited that you saw that there was a reply to a thread. You know, like you see the little folder icons different and you go, oh, people are talking in this one. Yeah. But now everything's like, you know, the, the population on the No Man's Sky subreddit is so gigantic that I'm, I can guarantee no one like recognizes another username. That was what was nice about like the Luminoth Temple and Shows of Sanctuary, which is the forum like we met on is like then the official Nintendo forums were, were too big, but they were fun, but they were huge. And, you you know. You, the, it was it was a it was a big big pool of people, and then the other ones are much smaller, and so you get the clicks and and and, and uh, a manageable amount of posts per day, which is really nice. And so you know you might check the anime thread every day because there's like three people who watch a lot of anime, and you want to see what they're watching and get recommendations. And you check the the Metroid thread, and you check this, and it was always just in a manageable amount of content that always felt like a fun enough per day. And it just like it hit like that like sweet spot, and it's so hard to find that now. And I don't think anything's really set up to to be that way anymore. I think it's it's either yeah. really really big or it's so small it's not worth going to. I don't know how we got on this topic. I feel like this is my fault. Well, it's funny because uh, before the show's going on, um, we we're talking about Twitter and like, hey, do you think Twitter's going to collapse? And I think the conclusion we came down to was it almost doesn't matter if it does or doesn't collapse because it's this big gray mess and that will just move somewhere else and behave the same. Like that there's like a structure that Twitter is and it's less about the website and more about how people use it. And as long yeah. as there's something that supports that structure, they'll just plop in the next one. And it's like, yeah, we, we need to find a different kind of website. If you want a different kind of experience. When I was um working on that one Nerf gun, I was trying to figure out why Part of it wasn't holding paint because my dumbass couldn't tell that it was made out of rubber. And I must have typed in something just weird enough where I pulled up like a forum post from 2015, like an old Nerf forum post. And, and a guy was doing a written how to on um, how he spray paints Nerf guns and, and makes them look a certain way. And I read through basically that whole thing. He didn't answer my question at all. And, you know, obviously there hadn't been uh, feedback on that in years. But it kind of hit the nostalgia tingles when I was reading through that and seeing his pictures that maybe were hosted on Photo Bucket once upon a time. And, you mm -hmm. know, just that like a slight relic of like what I consider to be older Internet. And it's like, oh, it's been a while. Like, this is cool. And, you know, he was doing like a cherry red chrome, but he'd like spray paint silver and then he would do like a translucent red. So it would, you know, the silver would shine through and... um. And then I, I think I went on Reddit to f try and find the answer. And then like a, an official Nerf representative who had like a badge or whatever was like, hey, please don't uh, paint your Nerf guns like real guns. We don't like it when you do that. Could you please use like red or bright yellow or, you know, fun colors because they're toys. And other people were like, nope, gonna gonna make it look like a World War II weapon. Sorry. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I. Sometimes I wonder, like it. It must be a stressful job to work in PR at literally any company because you see these like bizarre things that happen sometimes, where it's not even like a mistake. It's just like a weird lightning fluke that kids are now eating Tide Pods. Yeah. As it, why? Is it because someone, not, you know, one person on the internet told all children in the world to eat Tide Pods and they all did it. And it's like, okay, like, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine what it was like for the guy running Twitter for Corona beer when the coronavirus, you know, that that's what it that's what kind of virus it is. And that is the name. And they're just like, oh, shit. How do we deal with this? And I feel like the way TikTok works and the internet challenges and the way things just explode and disappear, like no business is safe from that anymore. And it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of terrible. And and also it's so uh, it, it's so impossible to predict or, or understand. Like you've seen companies that try to harness it and they can't. Um, I think my favorite more recent example is like... Uh, Morbius, where it became such a joke on the internet that it's like, oh boy, it's so bad. We're all talking about it. And it's like, boy, we're all talking about it so much. We should ask them to put it back in theaters. And so they like put it back in theaters and no one watched it because it was bad. And then, the, like, the it's like, you know, that the studio was leaning into it. Like, well, we gotta, we gotta play up this angle that we're self aware. And it, it like, betrayed how unself-aware they really were. Um, did you see that teaser with Jared Leto? Where he was, uh, he was reading the script for Morbius 2? No. It was so cringy. It's like, it, it was him, he was, like, in a hotel room and he's reading a movie script. And it's like someone's sneaking up behind him with their, with their phone camera. And they're trying to zoom in, and you can see the title of the movie is Morbius 2, Morbin Time. And then he turns around and goes, oh, hey, you can't release that. And it was like, it was supposed to be kind of funny, but it just wasn't. And it's like, guys, this is sad. Like, <laughs> just, like, any of you, please bring your son into the room and ask him to, like, vet it for you before you release this stuff. I feel like um when Ryan Reynolds is doing, like, the Deadpool marketing, uh, he... He was funny with it, and I don't know if it's just because Ryan Reynolds is like an actual comedian, or if they had oh he is a more diverse group of people like working on these commercials and skits that he was gonna do. But I I remember enjoying all of those as the build up to like Deadpool two, and being you know excited for Deadpool two, and it's like this is gonna be a really no, funny he, movie because these people know what they're doing. He he yeah he actually has his finger on the pulse like. It, there's a difference. Um, are you familiar with his phone company? Didn't he like buy a phone company and he's like, I don't know why I did this, but yeah. I did. Yeah, he was he Which was the owner was and CEO of Mint Mobile. Okay. And Mint Mobile is actually the service I use. So no, I know no a little shit. bit about okay. it. Because like because I would get emails that were like quote unquote from him. And I actually got a letter, like I got a Christmas card in the mail from Mint Mobile, and it included a little cardboard cutout of Ryan Reynolds that I can sit next to my Christmas tree, since he's the greatest gift of all. That's cute. It's cute. And a little weird. Um, but, but the commercials were funny. Like he would do these ads that were actually like, it's just him talking, 
And it's basically like a phone ad. Like, he's not playing it up more than that. But he was funny. And uh, I want to say last year, he's no longer the CEO. Like, he got a real CEO to take over. I think he's still technically the owner, though. Um, But he, he hired, like, a business person to do the CEO stuff. And so what he did was he did another one of his commercials after he was no longer CEO. And the commercial was like, it, normally he'll stand there and he'll basically give the sales pitch of like, don't you just want your phone to work and, and without any overage charges or whatever. And so what he was doing for this new ad was he said, so as you know, um, I, I was, I'm the CEO of uh, Mint Mobile and I walked into the boardroom and I asked everybody, guys, could we just start charging twice as much? And then like also backbill people for all the calls they already made. And then they all yelled at me and they, they threw me out of the building. I'm not the CEO anymore. And they promised that they'll never increase charges because that's what you signed up for. And that's what a good business would do. And now they won't let me back in the building anymore. <laughs> and that was how they broke the news that he wasn't CEO anymore, like in real life. Oh, was wow. With this that's joke bold. commercial. It's funny. <laughs> it's like this is great. I he is so like self-aware in an actual way. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I was <laughs> I had a sneeze and it would not come. Hate that. Um we're talking about CEOs. Did you see did you see what the CEO of Blizzard did recently? No, what what uh, what did the CEO of Blizzard do? Oh, you know, I think I misspoke. I don't think it's the Blizzard. Is he CEO? Who's the guy in charge of Blizzard? Is that a CEO or is that a different title? Uh, I have no idea. Doesn't matter. Not the CEO of Activision, but the guy in charge of Blizzard. Um, okay. Apparently, like he commented about there's like a major there's a big streamer, uh, Asmongold. A lot of people find him kind of annoying. Uh, not everybody likes him, but he has a very large audience, okay? Uh, I feel like most of the time with Asmongold, he's relatively fair with his assessment of things when he talks about Warcraft. And the reason he talks about Warcraft so much is that that's pretty much the one game that he plays, like, since Burning Crusade all the way through maybe the last expansion, like, pretty much, like, exclusively plays World of Warcraft. Wow, um, that's a lot of hours. Pretty much his, yeah. Oh, you, you have no idea. <laughs> he, he, uh, he's like he's literally like a millionaire because of his Twitch career built around only World of Warcraft. Uh, he had some of the most successful guilds in the past because he would troll the most effectively because he understood economics and math and statistics and human psychology. So how they would fund the guild is they would do runs where it's like they would they would sell slots of gear. So it's like, hey, we're going to go do this raid. But if you if you tag along, you can like bid on all the gear drops. So even though you're bad, we're going to carry you through it and then you can get the rare sword. Right. And the implication was that there are other people bidding, but really it's just one guy and everyone else is in on it. Oh, and it was okay. just a scam. And it's like. He, he basically became famous for being a con artist in Warcraft because he understands it well enough to be a con artist. He understands what people do. He understands why people do it. Uh, the shortcuts people are willing to take, the price points people are willing to drop, and the points where they are willing to bounce and give up, you know? Okay, that's, that's like so, wild in itself, but go on. 
Yeah. So the guy in charge of Blizzard, I don't remember how this came up, but somebody asked him about his opinion on Asmongold. Uh, so I, I don't remember the context, but it was kind of negative. And one, well, the, the guy in charge of Blizzard said something along the lines of, um, yeah, I think the reason that he doesn't uh, finish the raids is because he's not good enough to. And it's like, that kind of feels like an interesting charge to this guy that has such a long career in Warcraft of like yeah. actually doing things. But also, he, he doesn't clear like super hard content. Um, he hasn't for years. And so it's an interesting conversation that started because it was kind of like this, this seems like a bad look, but then it's also, yeah, Asmongold, why don't you do mythic rating? And he likes to point out like his response to that was mostly like, it, it, you have to be stupid to dedicate this much time just to clearing mythic raid content because it wastes so much of your time. Like he, he itemized out in between boss pulls, how much time is wasted for no reason. And if you go to Final Fantasy, none of that's there. You just do boss pull, boss pull, boss pull, boss pull, boss pull. Okay, we got it down. And World of Warcraft, you get like two attempts within that time. Because you have to corpse run all the way back. And then you have to redo your buffs. And then you have to redo this. And then you have to clear all the trash mobs. And it's like, oh, you don't have a warlock. So you can't summon the new guy that just joined the group. So you have to wait another ten minutes while he flies across the fucking globe. And it's like... It's not fun to kill all that time. So why do that weekly? And that's like a valid criticism. Yeah. But what was interesting was that basically both sides had valid things to talk about. The reason I bring this up is the conversation that revolved around that had nothing valid said. And it was everyone picking camps. <laughs> and it's like, come on, guys. Oh, sure. can, we, can we take this one moment to maybe like reflect on stuff? Maybe fix some of these problems. It's funny too because uh, to me, World of Warcraft has been a time wasting game for since I played. Right, it's always been inconvenient in a lot of ways, and it only ever got more convenient as as I played. But it was mm -hmm. still, a, it was you know you if you're playing and sitting down, especially at a raid, you were going to be at the computer for a while, and I don't miss that. Um, parts of it I do because there was a neat camaraderie and you know making you know getting 20 to 40 people like on the same page to do a thing was was cool if you could pull it off but getting there sucked um, it's interesting I, I feel like though that like the people still playing the game kind of they have to know that right but I, it, I guess to his point if mythic is that much worse at it then yeah why bother unless you really don't have anything better to do yeah the uh Okay, so our guild, we just got um, three out of nine mythic bosses down. And on our server, we're in the top 20, which puts us on the front page of Raider.io. And that was kind of our goal, that we weren't sure we would make it this this uh, tier. But it's like, dude, we did it. Like, this is rad. Um, We are happy to achieve that. But we look at, like, what will it take to get that fourth boss down? And it's like, realistically... We need to, like, go from one day a week to, like, two or three. And we have to have, like, a dedicated team of 20 people. And it's like, hey, guys, look, I, I have to take my dog into the vet next Wednesday. Hey, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna take my grandma out. To, she has to check up on Thursday. Hey, oh, I'm, I'm going to have a, I have a, a business meeting. I have to, I'm going to be out of state next weekend. It's like, if you're an adult, you can't do this. 
Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> apparently, there was like a massive shakeup a couple months ago. I I don't think I brought this up, but uh, Blizzard banned a bunch of people that were using rotation mods or bots. And it's kind of thing where it's like, you know, if you're bad at the game, I understand why you would use a bot like that to, like, automate your rotation. The top, like, mythic guilds, they basically just disbanded because they lost too many members after everyone got banned. Oh, wow. And it was, like, shocking because these are, like, these are guilds that have, like, marketing deals and, like, big, like, media presence, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Like, these are, like, esports tier guilds. And it's like, sure. oh, yeah, no, we're not doing that anymore. We got banned. And it's like, what, 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 um, I, I can't, I really can't believe it. It was weird. Yeah, but it also, also kind of weirds me to, out though. What's just, it's how hard like, it is. Would... It's like, it's, it doesn't feel like the challenge of a video game. It feels like the game actively hates you and doesn't want you to pass. Well, yeah. And so then your solution is to basically like, I don't know, use like an Excel macro to play the game for you. And so that's like the gameplay level of the game is you can automate it enough where it will get you banned. And that in itself is weird because like, you know, what's the point of playing a video game is to play it. So if you have to automate it because you're sick of grinding, like something is really wrong. And uh, and yeah, it's like uh, going back to Asmongold, the last time he ran a raid, um, it was kind of like it was late in the patch. And enough people were online that, like, kind of could do it. So it's like, okay, hey, guys, let's check out the raid. And so he named it. And it was like, I want to say he was having fun the first half of it. And then there was one boss where if one person is standing in the wrong spot, it'll explode and kill everyone. And oh. they wiped three times on it. That Those three wipes accounted for 40 minutes of time. And he pretty much looked at the clock and said, guys, we've been here for long enough. And we've only done it like three times. And it's like, should we just call it? Is this fun? Like, it, it, you look at where it started and that exciting feeling of entering this new raid he hasn't seen before. There's a genuine smile on his face. And then it got so unfun to deal with the structure of how it works that it, like all that joy was gone. So sure. I find it funny, you know, that the, the the president of Blizzard would say, like, well, maybe he should get good. And it's like, well, maybe he's a paying customer and you should figure out why he was unhappy after playing your product. Kind of reminds me of um, when Joe was like, I feel like I'm simping for, for he's, he's, he can be an asshole. I don't want to, <laughs> I'm not taking sides. I just found oh, no, that no, no, no. conversation interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I get you. Um, it reminded me because Joe, uh, he got a PS5 and I think what was it, Demon Souls that's on PS5, which is like, okay, I think yeah. I want to say before Dark Souls 1, it was like their first yes. game. That's right. And I know there were well, uh, yeah. there were encounters in that game where the boss wasn't that hard, but you had a couple frustrating moments that might kill you pretty easy. But the worst part was the run back. And so it like really double punished you for losing. But it it's like it's not a fun boss and it's not a hard boss. But if you die, you have to really go a ways to get back to try again. And it, no one wants you don't want to spend five to ten minutes getting back to the boss just so you can try it again like that's so demoralizing it's not fun it's bad game design and yeah and it makes me think of like raiding and wow where if we wiped and then everybody's got to run back and then run in and kill the mobs that respawn and then rebuff and then uh you know 
have your pep talk and yeah like the whole like oh we we spent 40 minutes on three attempts it's like that sounds about right i've done that it sucks it's it's really at the time like it was annoying but i didn't i didn't value my time the same way i do now because i was a teenager and now i'm just like i would getting me to play 40 minutes of a game straight as it is now can be kind of a challenge because i'm just like i don't know i got other shit i could go do yeah i got i got warhammer minis to paint I don't know how you balance though, like, because the, like, like going back to even Dark Souls, like it took me, a many many hours and tries to kill Gale, and it was, it went back and forth between being fun and so frustrating, and I wasn't sure why I was doing this, and then you do it and you're like, God, that's satisfying. That is a satisfying moment in video games when you kill that motherfucker dead and you don't have to do it ever again, and you know like that balance between like forcing you to put in the work. And the teamwork and the strategy versus um, making it bullshit. So you want the payoff, but you really got to, you know, if, if you have to put too much work in for that payoff, it, I don't know if it feels worth it, especially if like shitty loot drops too, which is a possibility. Oh, yeah. You know, last night's raid, I don't think I got anything of value, Um, which I mean, that will sometimes happen. But it was just, it was very frustrating because I was tanking and I was doing a very bad job. I'm not normally the tank. Oh. Uh, I know the fights, but I was just like, I was off my game and it was wasting a lot of time. Like, I was the guy ruining it for everyone. And it was one of those things where after spending so much time on it and not actually making the progress we wanted to for the run, uh, the final boss of the night. It's one of those things where it's like, man, if it dropped really good loot for me, then I would feel guilty getting it. It's like, I almost wish I don't get anything from this boss. Just that no one else feels bad that, like, I was the one that got the loot. And it's like, why can't they set up a structure where everybody kind of gets something out of it? You know? Yeah, especially, like, if you're the tank and you're dying a lot, um, you know, you finish the night, you don't get anything, you blew two hours, and you have to spend, like, 70 gold on repair bills for your armor. And it's like, oh, this sucked every which way. I'm glad I played tonight. Dude, uh, talking about inflation, you want to know what my gold bill or my repair bill was last night? What was it? Uh, 2000. Are you fucking shitting me? Two grand to fix all your armor? Yeah. Wow. How much is it to respect now? It's free. Oh, well, that's nice. That used to be like oh, 50 also, gold back when 50 gold learning, meant um, something. Yeah, learning mounts and stuff is uh is free too. You you get that as you level up. Yeah, that I remember um that was another thing that meant something, right? Like if you wanted a fast mount, you had to drop like 250 gold to learn how to ride one of those things. Um, and that was back when getting that was pretty difficult. Or like you had, you had you had to dedicate some time to to grind that money out, or if you didn't know how to play the auction house. Oh, I got a mount I like. Did you see my lava snail? Uh, I think I have seen the lava snail. I finally got it, and I just I love it so much. It's so stupid. What were we talking about? Did this we have a, a point today? Um, I was gonna talk about anime stuff, and then we we didn't talk about anime stuff, which is fine. Oh wow, that is a very silly looking mount. I don't know what we talked about. We talked about like bad movies, and then we talked about like CEOs, 
and we talked about gremlins this, this 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 episode is like extra special incoherent well why don't we just wrap it up there then <laughs> i wanted to try okay, and tie everything back together but it's like i don't think i can i'm not sure i'm not sure we can either that's okay though you know what I mean, Alex has told me he likes the show because he never knows what the fuck we're going to talk about. And sometimes that includes like minute to minute. So it's what our audience wants, probably. Hi, Richard. Hi, Richard. Richard said that it looked like we had a fun vacation. Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, that's, that reminds me. My glad space. Um, I, I busted open one of those jellies you got us. Like the, 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 the sweet wine one or something. And I uh, oh, made that's some toast. Um, Aloha but, from Oregon. Yeah, holy shit, that jelly, that stuff's fucking delicious. I had that on toast, and then uh, then yesterday I had it on a peanut butter jelly toast because I was like, I'm gonna add some peanut butter now, see how that goes. And I'm not even using like good peanut butter, just like Jif or whatever. Uh well, goddamn, what a good piece of toast. I also, also, and this is true, I set the, uh, the smoke alarm off because uh, there was some pizza cheese in there yet that didn't get cleaned out when I used it the couple days prior. And uh, and so Joe got to wake up at like seven ten that day, <laughs> instead Aww. of eight. That was my bad. I gotta clean the toaster oven before I make more toast. But I want to make more toast because I want to keep using that jelly. <laughs> it's fucking really good. I'm glad you liked it. Um, I I cannot recommend those jellies enough. They are the best thing ever made ever. It's another thing too, where like you get to, it's appreciating kind of something small, right? Like, it's jelly, it's jam. You know, you don't have to put a lot of much thought into it, but you have a really nice one. You order it in, it comes in a nice jar from Oregon, and uh, it's cool. It's good. I don't know. I, it, it, it made me very happy this weekend or this week. Oh, is it my turn? What about you? Do you got anything? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, you got anything you're uh, you're glad about? Oh, um, I had a couple. I think I'm gonna pick this one. But uh, I was looking. I was, or you know how YouTube will recommend random things to you sometimes. Yeah. So I like uh, Mandalore Gaming. He he has a really cool YouTube channel. I love his reviews. But mostly, I love his presentation style because he's just a good storyteller. And YouTube recommended, apparently there's a podcast that he's on frequently. And I don't know how much you know about him, but he kind of, like, he grew up in a weird area that's kind of like, it's a very, it's like an obnoxiously small town. And it's like, uh, obnoxiously south, where, oh. like, weird things happen. And, like, I, I think he actually put it one way once, was <laughs> he said that he grew up in the starter village of an RPG before you can leave and see the real world. Like, that's that's how he describes a... his early childhood. I love um, that. I he, love that a lot. He, yes. He has so many amazing stories that are so bonkers. And YouTube recommended me a compilation of some of his stories from this podcast. And I I watched that, and there was a part two to the compilation, so I watched that, and now I'm just, like, listening to this podcast entirely, because there's, like, even more stuff. Uh, the podcast is called Please Stop Talking, but I recommend their YouTube channel, because they put more stuff on YouTube than they do the podcast feed. 
uh, including some okay. interesting, like they they did a they did a review of the Bob Bob's Burgers movie. I laughed out loud multiple times. Like they that went that went weird places. I didn't expect it to. Um, the episode of the podcast, not the movie. Uh, but some of these, like I don't know, I sent you that one clip. I don't know if you managed to uh, listen to that yet. I'm assuming you didn't. Not yet, but it is uh on my list. Um, yeah, so the, the one I sent you was, uh, he, he had, uh, a, a <laughs> he had a D&D story about one of those, like, you know, you know, that guy that you kind of don't want at your table. Uh, and I don't want to spoil the ending, but it was just one of these was things all, where... all of us at your table? Uh, no. <laughs> like, like, literally, it gave me perspective that I didn't have such a bad time after all. Oh shit! Well, I, I want to listen to that now. I, I want you to listen to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I my glad space has definitely been all these great Mandalorian stories. Mandalore gaming, not Mandalorian. Uh, he has this one story about Star Wars <laughs> where uh, he he does this thing where he loves to prank his friends, and so. Uh, they were gonna watch movies, and it was it was Star Wars Day, and one of his friends like flew out to see him, kind of like what we just did, and so it's like his friend arrives and walks in the door, and the, and everyone else that's there is like, oh dude, we just started Attack of the Clones, you're you're just in time, and he's like, uh, because he doesn't like the prequels, and so he starts like heavily drinking, and what Mandalore does is he he's a very good video editor, right? So, after heavily yeah. drinking through all of Attack of the Clones, they put in Revenge of the Sith, and they start running Revenge of the Sith. But it's not the theatrical cut of it. It's got, like, Edit and Eddie sound effects mixed in, and, like, weird, like, test footage with green screen stuff on the background that's not complete. And there's, like, battle droids that are just T-posing and, like, gliding across the screen. And their friend is so drunk... That he's like watching as as it gets like gradually more silly, and he's like, "What is going on?" And they're just going like, "Oh yeah, this is the Disney Plus version. They they fucked it up when they uploaded it." And so, oh okay, and, and it just like it gets to the point where like the Joker from the Joker movie is on the Jedi Council, and he's like he stands up and he's like yelling at the screen, like that was the Joker. I just saw the Joker there. I'm like, what are you talking about? The Joker was on the Jedi Council. And so he's like half drunk ramblings. Dude, dude, you're crazy. And then he can't tell if he's crazy or not anymore. I like this. I, I this just, is a good bit. It, it, there's so many stories. I I think you'll enjoy these as much as I have been. If you only catch one, catch right. the D&D one. But for, uh, for everyone else, I recommend please stop talking. All right. I'll have to... Remember that tomorrow, maybe like when I'm doing, if I'm doing any like boring mundane stuff, I can like throw that on uh, to listen to. I want to say real quick, the other, I did have another glad thing I want to talk about. I took a picture of a bumblebee today while I was outside at work and it's a, it's a really good picture, I think. And I'm like, I'm really happy with it. And that made me happy too. Cause I don't, I don't do a lot of photography. uh, So it was fun to, to do a photography. Can I see it? Uh, yeah, it's the one I shared in um, the Herx Discord. Oh, I, I may or may not have that Discord muted right now. 
Oh, you know what? That is very nice. I like that picture. That's a very well composed shot. I, I uh, that's such a that's a lovely flowery picture. That's okay. I wonder if I can set this as like the thumbnail so people can see it. Am I making my desktop wallpaper at work? I did. I did crop yeah. it to desktop wallpaper size. That would actually that would be great because it doesn't even look like a like it doesn't look like you took a picture. It looks like a stock photo that a professional would do. Yeah, I, like I said, I did. I did a little bit of um, post editing with like levels and stuff, and then I um, I did a uh, a couple of uh, of things to make the the main part stand out, and then just layer masked everything else around it, so it's just that. So I, you know, I had a couple of little like photo editing tricks I, I know how to do. I'm like, okay, let's let's see what I can do here, like in like ten minutes or five minutes or whatever it took, and I think it, I think it turned out pretty good. It's like shit. I should I should get a camera. Like I I really want one. Someday I will buy one, but like a a good cheap DSLR is still like five hundred bucks, which is a a bit of an ask. And so it's like, okay, well I gotta like save up for one then and and be smart about it. But yeah, I had uh, I had fun with that today. Bees. I'm gonna name that bee Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, do we want to head out? Are we done? Bees. Be yourself. Beep.